You have found the Open Eclectic Podcast, where Nate and Josh talk about everything from mobile games to books to pet peeves to cars to toys. Our interests run eclectic and we're open to more. Welcome to the Open Eclectic. Welcome back to the Open Eclectic. Welcome back, everybody. Here for what would now be uh, episode... Three. Three. Unless you're counting the initial pilot from the old show as like a bonus content and in that case this would be episode two right have we decided if we're gonna split the first one into multiple like two or are we just gonna leave it as a just leave it as, leave like it as a monster an lp yeah so if you got some time on the weekend or you're a long-haul trucker or something you need to stay awake you listen to us ice road trucker fans of the open eclectic sound off yes um, so, Josh, um, we, we're gonna start with, um, comic books tonight? Comic books. I feel like, just kind of on the surface here, surface or whatever, my, uh, that's probably not the right word, my, uh, snapshot impression would be that, knee-jerk, maybe that's it, uh, would be that you probably have more experience with comic books than I do. Um, I have a pretty limited exposure to them. Um, obviously I've known about them, you know, forever. Um, I wasn't like, you know, I didn't live in a bomb shelter for my, you know, formative years or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, so I've read, let's see, uh, it's a very small list. I've read some like Batman, um, collections. Okay. Which, which one? one? I think Long Halloween actually. Long Halloween. That was actually one you recommended to me. We were working together at Nelnet at the time, and oh, I think yeah. I went and bought it at like Barnes and Noble, and read that, and that was that was pretty good. Um, I think that's actually the only one I Batman one I've read. Um, it's a good one though. I should go back and read it again because it's been a long time. Because that has a lot of like like really old. No, does that have? Because that's a that's see this shows how little I know about this stuff. Um, that's like its own like standalone story arc, right? Yeah, it is. You don't need to know anything about any of the characters. Anything you need to know, they kind of tell you, and it's um, it's kind of the you know there's there's a term for Batman where he's called like the great detective and that kind of thing, or mm-hmm. you know whatever. Um, but most of the time, you don't ever see him doing any detective work. It's like, uh huh, Batman, the great detective, and he's like, that's right, with my fist Wham! in your face, you know. <laughs> But the Long Halloween is a good example of uh, his intelligence in a lot of ways, and that detective aspect a little bit, if I remember correctly. It's it's been a very long time since I've read the Long Halloween. I remember that it was one that I really liked, mm-hmm. though, because there was a lot of uh, kind of different characters and villains in the Rogues Gallery that come out to play. Okay, yeah, I can't I can't remember anything from it, but I think what I think what it was is why I initially started saying like, does it have old stuff in it? was because I think at that same time I like maybe checked out from the library the very first, you know, a collection of the very first issues of Batman. So I was like, oh, wow, this is the beginning. Like the 30s Batman or like the 40s maybe, something okay. like that. Um, uh, but anyway, okay, so that's what I read for Batman. Um, I, uh, I read Watchmen, which I really like that, actually. That's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, I really like that. I like the movie. I saw the movie first. But um, I also really like the, the graphic novel. And then the other main comic that I have read is Walking Dead. How far I, did you get in that? Because that's pretty lengthy. Oh, man. I mean, do you want spoilers or do you care? Well, like how many um, volumes did you get? So I, got, I checked it out from the library. And so they had, you know, the really thick, like the really thick you yeah, know, the omnibus, Yeah, or whatever. Omnibus. Yeah. Omni? I think it was like, yeah, I think it's Omni. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was at least two or three, uh, you know, real thick collections of the comics. Yeah. Um, and because I had I had started watching the show first, and I was a big fan of that, and you know, big fan of zombie, you know, stuff in general, and um, just so I read through it, and I finished, you know, what was there, and then I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna keep up with this, and. I think shortly after that, I also uh, quit on the show because I'm just like, man, I'm just burnt out on this. I can't do it. 
Yeah, a lot of that stuff is like uh, you got to end it some. You got to have like an end goal in sight, right? You know, yeah. and I feel like with The Walking Dead and some of these other ones, I that's why I liked like The Long Halloween and Watchmen. It's like a self-contained volume mm. that you yep. can sit down and read and enjoy, and then that's it. And even the stuff that that continues on, because I read uh, Usagi Yojimbo, which has been written and illustrated by the same guy for like 35 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, like even those are kind of different in a way because they're standalone stories. It's not like this continual thing right. where you have to have read them. You could pick up yeah. any volume of that and read it, but like The Walking yeah. Dead, it just... Because Walking Dead, is, I mean, it's all, you know, like you said, Batman. I mean, obviously Batman's been around for, for a really long time. Yeah. And you could read through the comics in order but like with these collections of you know these story collections graphic novels uh you know whatever you don't like you said you don't have to you don't have to know everything that's happened previously but yeah the walking dead is like it's all one story and it just keeps going on and on and on and it's always like it's always like oh my god we're survivors what do we do oh hey we found this place we found this place to live and we have food and shelter and Oh, and then, oh, my God, all these scary people come. Oh, we got to fight and kill. Oh, God. And then the zombies come, and then we got to move on. <laughs> we we kill those people. They kill some of our people. We kill a bunch of zombies, and then we move on to another place, and we start it all over again. There, You know, there's some, like, at one point, they, like, fast forward in time, you know, and so, like, you know, Carl... You know, Carl, Carl, Carl. It's not really a spoiler. Uh, no, it's... you know he's like older, and I think he's like running the show. See, I don't even, I don't even know, because like, I mean, I can't even remember. Like, I, just, I was just kind of like so done with it, and uh, I haven't, I didn't keep up with the show. Like, I'm probably like, I don't know, three seasons behind now, and I just, I just don't, I just can't do it, man. That's how I felt about uh, – I was watching Game of Thrones for a little bit. And there just came a point after, like, the first – honestly, after, like, the first season or maybe the second season, I don't even know if I finished it. I was just like, I can kind of see how this is going to go. I don't know that I need to watch any of the rest of it because it's just kind of, kind of like, crunch on. Did you watch the rest of it? No. I was just like, I, I think I'm done. So I had, I had actually started – I hadn't seen the show at all. I started, you know, the very beginning with the books, um, book, the first one. I didn't, you know, I didn't get past that. You know, and I, I read quite a bit of that first book, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool, but then I just kind of put it down, got into something else, and never went back to it. And I eventually watched, like, a couple episodes of the show. Um, again, I mean, it was good, but I'm just like, eh. I don't, you know. Yeah. I know that's, like counter to what the... there's so much going on what i realized that i want and i think this would actually work really well in comic book form maybe not uh, to do this with the show or the books to chop them up this way but to make like a comic book of game of thrones but what i want is for the first volume or whatever to like follow maybe the the main events in the book and then sprout off so that your whatever comic book you're reading only follows one character because i found that there were some characters i just didn't care about and i literally i'm like a completionist when i start a book i finish the book usually or or i stop reading it altogether because you hate it but with game of thrones i was just like i really want to like flip through and find the next like chunk of the story with aria or with John, and I only want to read those chunks, and the rest of it, I just don't care about enough. Or the imp, like, I, and so I think that would be like a cool project for somebody who's not me to go through and like write the first whatever, like the hook volume mm -hmm. of Game of Thrones as a comic book, and then suddenly you're like, okay, would you like to follow this character's story? Like arc? Choose your own adventure. It's like a choose your own adventure, or you could like read all of it for the whole picture. You know, sure. for the completionists. But if you just want to follow along with this character's story arc, great. Here you go. Like that's Gosh. what I want. Is that a thing already? I think. Well, well, I'm, I'm sure on Wikipedia, so I search Game of Thrones comic. I, I don't know if the choose your own adventure. I don't. That's probably not a thing. Yeah, probably not. So, can't get that lucky.
I know you said somebody that's not you. Yeah. But you know. Um, looks, it looks like it's a graphic novels. Um, it tells you they've been making a Game of Thrones graphic novel volume one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of them. It gets to Clash of Kings graphic novel volume three. Huh, interesting. Well, that and that's not even out yet. It's supposedly coming out in October. But that's a good idea. So, like, you can just follow a character because there is, I mean, George R. R. Martin is so many so wordy and so many words and things and yeah, like the books are very thick. It's like the Tom Clancy of the fantasy world. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, I think I'd read like 120 pages of the first book, and it it was it was good. Like I yeah. It was good, but I just I don't know. I, it's like not it's a commitment to to read yeah those books for and sure. They they are written great, and don't get me wrong, it's very epic fantasy and stuff. But just I don't know, I kind of fell off that wagon real hard. And he's still not done with it. And he's still not done with it. The show obviously, and apparently since I didn't watch it, they you know this is great. We're just I'm just like speculating here on on the podcast i don't know what the hell happened based on news headlines that i read here's my Uh, opinion but like they ran out of actual source material at some point in the show and then they so they had to kind of make their own thing and the quality i guess the quality kind of like dropped off right that's what i heard i haven't heard anybody who's been like oh yeah that last season just yeah and like the last like yeah the last season like the ending like the last episode people were just like oh my god yeah Nobody was even the hardcore fans were just suddenly like, oh, then there no, was, I don't watch that show. There was like, I mean, what was the controversy from that? Not controversy, but just stupid, stupid internet crap. Like someone noticed there was like a, a catering coffee cup, Starbucks cup. Was it an actual yes, Starbucks cup? It was a Starbucks cup, and I was I just like, like when it first air in the first airing, like the original airing, it was in yeah. there, and then they digitally took it out. For yeah. like the people were freaking out about it. And oh stuff. my god! It's like it, it happens, you know. Oh my god! I can't. My suspension of disbelief is ruined. My I, immersion is gone. Right. I just, I think if that's your threshold for that, then you're looking I mean, for a, an excuse to get out. That yeah. I mean, if you're just if you're like if you like comic book guy from The Simpsons, <laughs> you know, it's just like I like I just hate everything and point out right. what i hate about it you know yeah i think you're right it's like i mean that's always kind of the fun little things you get together and watch a show and you're like oh my god look at that or you're like you know like in friends there's like a reserve sign on the table for a long time or whatever and mm-hmm. you know i don't know i think those are more like fun little easter eggs than yeah. errors of continuity exactly right it's like i don't know if that is that just the internet like people just like like I think it's like uh, the mob mentality. They just pile on, and they're just like, "Oh, look at this! Look at this mistake that that the show made. They're so terrible, but I'm still gonna watch it." Well, that's like an interesting <laughs> question of like toxic fandom, and that's like a phrase that you hear a lot about oh, now. Man. And you know, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I get to see a ton of that. And what like, was what was the girl? Sorry, I'm cutting you off. What the, what the um, uh, is she is she Korean? One of the characters in the new movies that she got really like a lot of backlash. Yeah, um, Kelly Tran, or she was um, like, what was her character? Her character was Rose Tico. Yeah, 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 her. And yeah, they got she got so much crap. Like she personally did, and I don't understand that. Like, it's a job. Right? She's paid to get on screen. It's a character. I mean, let me let me just think about your favorite franchise for a second here. And, like, just think about if you had the opportunity to be in that franchise, even if you had to say, like, the stupidest stuff to be in it, like, I would do it. Wait, so so is she, like, a super fan of Star Wars? Well, or... isn't everybody? Fight me, Internet. Now, uh, and now, so. Kelly Marie Tran is her, is, her, is her name, and she played Rose Tico in the new Star Wars movies. And yeah, she got her character was just so hated, and I don't know. So, and I, I guess it doesn't really matter if she's Korean or, or you know whatever ethnicity she is. But I don't know. So the, I guess maybe the reason I brought that up is like, did she get specifically get hatred because she was, you know, she wasn't a white woman basically, or um, you know, that's a little fuzzy. 
to me. I was under the impression... Or is it just that they, they disliked her character? That it was because of her character. According to Wikipedia, her nationality is, quote, American. So, you know, probably has, you know, kind of where you're from, not necessarily... Your ancestors. Like the difference between your culture and your heritage. True, yeah. But yeah, that's like a great example of just toxic fandom right there, where it's like, you know... The people who complain complain so loud yeah. that, you know, it freaks out, you know, Lucasfilm or whoever. But the rest of us are like, you know, listen, is she the greatest character? No, not in my opinion. Do I think that Kelly Marie Tran deserves like death threats because she portrayed a character in a movie? No, no, I don't. No, I mean, it, that's just it's crazy. It's like people wrap up so much of their you know, their identity in these fictional universes and fictional characters. Um, something else in my perusal of Reddit that I've, that I've, uh, you know, come across people were talking about, like speaking of like toxic or, or obsessive fans is K-pop, like K-pop bands. Yeah. Like the fans of these, of these groups and are, are just insane basically and k-pop is insane so i'm not surprised i've i have not been exposed to that at all so i don't hmm? just gun them stuff <laughs> that's and, my experience and uh like th- this reddit post i was it was like it was it was something along it was one of those like ask reddit things where it was like you know i don't know like what's a what's a toxic fan base or something like that i don't know if it was as on the nose as that but anyway they were talking about one of the answers was K-pop and they talked about it. The fans were bad. And then also just the way that the lives of the actual artists, the actual performers are like so tightly controlled and interesting. Like, you know, they can't, man, I don't like, they can't have relationships like romantic relationships because it would anger the fans too much (laughs) or something. And like, they're, they're they're a commodity. Like their lives are just like, like yeah they're like managed like down to the minute and there's you know i don't know it's it's wild i have to maybe there's a documentary i can watch i don't know probably i think that's kind of like a weird thing of um you know i have a we have a friend mutual friend who's big into spider-man that's that was his like childhood Mm -hmm. go-to thing and stuff and he's making comments about how he's really glad that they shifted from this thing to this thing I, i don't remember what something to do with the web shooters Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in one of the movies, they make Spider-Man's web shooters like an organic part of his arm. It's like he generates the web. Yeah, wasn't biologically. that wouldn't that be part of the 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 spider bite and all that? Yeah, it could know? be. But in the comics, he was just a really smart guy who had like the super strength, and he was going with the Spider-Man thing. So he made it, and he like uh... scienced it out. And I was just like, let's keep in mind that you can't point to a comic book and say, this is canon because the comic books as they go, contradict themselves too. you know, the whole, uh, what? Yeah. They like do? the whole Batfleck thing where they're like, Batman doesn't kill people. And I'm like, listen, the Kevin Conroy, Batman, the animated series, Batman is for me personally, my definitive Batman. Okay. But let's not pretend like Batman doesn't kill people. Like Michael Keaton's Batman killed a few guys. Like, did it was pretty. It was pretty. Yeah, he's like on a rooftop and he knocks a guy off the freaking roof. You tell me that guy lived? I think not. <laughs> or Batman's all like it's all technicality. Like he, you know, the yeah, guy's like, like like just injured, you know, paralyzed, <laughs> and like Batman goes and checks on him. Like, okay, he didn't die. Didn't oh, die. Perfect. Nope, didn't kill him. Or like, uh, <laughs> you know, the original Batman carried a carried a revolver and just killed people. Wait, like Adam West didn't kill people. No, did not he? that's not the You're original Batman. Comics, like right? comics, okay. way way back, you know, Batman's because he was more through... of like a gumshoe detective turned bat guy. Well, and, no. The Adam West is like a good point. About. It's like there's these all these different types of you know where it takes the same basic premise of an orphan with issues dresses up as a bat and goes out to fight crime. And, like, the way they do that is, like, a sliding scale from the Punisher to the Adam West Batman. Mm. And it's like, well, there isn't, like, a definitive version per se, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's Batman did stuff that, like, comic book Batmans don't necessarily do. And he was very detective-y sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it just... Yeah, he, like, used a lot of, like, 
fancy tech and they showed that off, you know, yeah. quite a bit in the Nolan ones. And, you know, I don't know, you know, more so maybe than like the, the Keaton ones. I mean, those were just like can't like we're still campy, but were darker. Yeah. I mean, and he had some cool tech. Tim, Tim Burton yeah. movies. Just wild. They totally wild. Like apparently, so they're like my favorite story about the Tim Burton ones is he apparently had his driver's license revoked for speeding. Tim Burton did. Tim Burton did. And so he was, uh, he had to be driven everywhere and he was like, you guys got to let me drive the Batmobile. And the studio was like, heck no, man, you don't have a license. We are not, do not. And they told everybody, everybody was like, under no circumstances, that man get in that car, understand or else. And he snuck onto the lot in the middle of the night and like took it for a test spin anyways. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah, I would too. Sweet. Fire me. It's worth it, man. I mean, you're the director, right? Yeah. I mean, I, come on. And that's the thing too, where like, the second Tim Burton Batman movie doesn't feel like the first one, but it's directed by the same guy and it's like a direct sequel mm-hmm. yep. and they contradict each other a little bit. So just, I don't know. I guess I don't have a problem with watching a movie and being along for the ride. You True. know, you don't, if you want it's the best way to do it, man. Yeah. If you want to read your comic book and, you know, break it down and have like this story is your definitive version of that character that's fine that's just like your opinion man like i said mine is batman the animated series i i i would defy you i would say even the uh like the short film that they did that they released in theaters that batman mask of the phantasm 100 percent the best batman movie ever made it establishes the characters very quickly efficiently there's emotional like weight to what's going on in the movie fantastic if you haven't seen it Go watch it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to add that one to my list. So talking about definitive Batman, um, for me, I you know didn't have a lot of exposure to the comics. I didn't read a lot of the comics. I didn't really watch. I didn't watch the animated show when I you know when it was on. I've seen maybe a few episodes. I've seen some of the animated films. Um, some of those are great. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so for me, I think the definitive Batman, I mean, initially it was Michael Keaton for me just because that was Batman when I was a kid. Um, I think now what I think of when I think of Batman, I think I go back to, I go to the Chris Nolan Batman's, the Christian Bale, but, and that's just, you know, I'm sure there, you know, there's listeners out there, there's thousands of them and they're, they're like, they're like, no, that's the wrong Batman, you know. Yeah. But you know, and that, like you said, it's just opinion, or it's it's just, it's it's what's in your heart, you know. It's what you decide, and it's like, yeah. or maybe you can have, or maybe you can have multiple Batmans, or you can appreciate them all as you know, yeah, kind of as their own thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool nuance in just that's. I think that's what I appreciate about some some comic books is when they like incorporate that nuance a little bit so that you can kind of have the freedom to decide maybe this one's for you. Maybe it's not for you. You know, Usagi Ojimbo is definitely a lot different than, than a, what a lot of people think of as comics, which is like, you know, Iron Man, Batman, mm. kind of the main staple things. But I love being able to find something that's like off the beaten path just a little bit. Sure. And you know, there's, they just do whatever the heck they want because they're not trying to be like all the other ones. Mm-hmm. And so I find that's kind of true with like, when you're starting to pick your, when people pick their Batman, you know, they have so many reasons that kind of weigh into it. You know, right. the, there's the nostalgia thing. My buddy, you know, Mike, he, I thought for sure he was like, I don't know that I care for the um, Christian Bale Batman that much. He's like, they're great movies. I'll watch them over and over again. Fantastic stuff in them. It's just like, he was like, you know, for me, I prefer Keaton. Even even today, I prefer Keaton. And I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, Keaton was pretty badass. Keaton as, freaking killed it. As as Batman. You I know mean, what I loved about Keaton, too? So he is, you know what, I got I to gotta go to the internet. What I find interesting is Keaton's not a big dude, right? Yeah, he's not like, sir, he's not necessarily like imposing, right? Yeah, he's just in, in general, he's not, a, he's 5'9". I mean, did he like get into like super duper shape for the movies that he did? Because Bale, you know, obviously Bale, method actor, is like, well, yeah, I'm gonna become Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah, he no, so like they don't try to hide Keaton's stature in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. He's just five nine, 
and that's it. And they just leave it at that. You can tell in some of the scenes, like he's a little shorter than other people. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, that's one of the things I loved about that version of, of Batman and Bruce Wayne compared to say Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. RDJ is not a terribly tall dude either. I think he's taller than five nine. I would wager to say, but they put him on like platform shoes they and they did? want to make them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, they do that a lot. They do that a lot in showbiz. And it's fine. That's not a criticism necessarily. That's that's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not paying to see something completely real. I go to a play for that. So like, uh, <laughs> before they had movies, <laughs> movies were plays. Um, so speaking of like big height differences, I know this is a tangent. We can get back, you know, to comics, but I promise this show has comics. Uh, the X Files, my beloved show, The X Files. Yes. David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, Mulder and Scully. Um, big, Smoking Man. Yeah. <sighs> Morley's. Um, there's a big height difference between Duchovny and Anderson. Um, probably between Anderson and a lot of people because she's, she's not. She's really she's tall. Not, no, or is she's she not. not she's very really tall. short. Yeah, she's short. It's been so long. Um, you know, Duchovny, he's over, and he's like he's a basketball player. He's over six feet. Um, so I mean, you know. My point is that, you know, they would put her on, she'd have to stand on boxes and stuff a lot, you know, but who cares? Like, yeah, it, 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 you know, she, and she was still, she's, her character is still badass. And Jillian's also a badass. Yeah. Well, in terms of cinematography, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Cause you it's don't, convenient to have, a, you get them in the shot and their heads are the same level. You don't want to have, yeah. like, you don't have to like pull back because one, one person's head is up here and the other one, you know, is, is a foot shorter. Yeah. You know, and I mean, yeah. So that's been going, you know, Forever, the whole time, you know, since they've been making films. And And I'm a pro movie magic guy. I just, you know, it's just one of those things where, like, they didn't care that he was short. They were just like, you know what? Sure. Why not? Let's go with it. And I wonder if, I mean, was that, like, a conscious decision that they made? Or they're like, you know, were they like, you know what? And, like, let's just, let's just go with it. You know, was Burton just like, you know what, Keaton, we're going to put this apple box away. We don't want you to stand on it. We just, we just want you to be... I don't know. Be you. When, well, be when, when we have Tim Burton on the show, we can ask him. Oh, okay. Whenever that happens. Sure. Some Tim. Um, there's six degrees of separation, right? So, like, somebody out there knows someone who knows someone yeah. who knows someone that we. Tim, our people will get. We'll talk to your people, okay? Yeah. Uh, yep. So uh, look out for that. Um, so okay, so we're going back to you talking about RDJ and Iron Man. So he was like, and he's got a freaking like suit of metal. I mean, he's got yeah. a like a robot basically around him. Right, and so like when he's in the suit, it's a little easier because yeah. you can kind of fudge that. Because they just put bit. him in a dark room with like light on his face, and then they right. CGI all the crap. Um, and I mean, it's not a knock on RDJ either, but it's no. just it's an interesting it's an interesting point, uh, interesting little tidbit that I didn't know that you know that they didn't uh, they didn't attempt to movie magic the uh, the height any height differences with Keaton. Yeah. And you know what they did do a lot of movie magic with for height stuff was with, uh, you know, Frodo and Gandalf and Lord of the Rings. They are not Frodo is, you know, e- he's a normal sized person is a normal sized person, which is weird when you watch something else with him in it. Cause you're like, why is he so big? <laughs> Have you seen some of the like making of the way they set up some of those shots yes. with. So this isn't this isn't Lord of the Rings, but it's like the same concept and the same like techniques was elf yeah force perspective yeah all that like it was just it just blows my mind when you watch like when you when you see pictures or like little clips from the set where it's not actually you know the film and you're just like holy holy crap that's like it's not just that they do it it's how well they do it too because force perspective like so after watching some like the behind the scenes on things and stuff i was like i i could do that I could I could do that. I'm gonna do that. Sure. And I've tried it, and I try every like every year. There's a time of the year where I usually try it. I didn't this year because it's you know pandemic and stuff. Sure. But there was you know I usually try to do some forced perspective with my toy photography, and it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. It is so hard. I mean to get that. The contraptions that they set up to to make it like, and they have you have to line it up just right because otherwise it's gonna look, you know, it's gonna look not right. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man. Kudos to all, you know, in a different life, man, I would love to have worked in TV, film. I mean, that kind of stuff would have just been. Right. You still could. You still could, You yeah. still could, man. Maybe I will someday. Yeah. 
Coach, you put me in that game Coach back in 97. <laughs> I could throw the football over those mountains over there. Napoleon. Uh, um, oh, man. So, okay, so I've talked, you know, I've we started out, I was talking about, like, comics that I had been, um, you know, my experience with comics. Um, you had actually, so you had gotten, you've only mentioned, like, one. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, uh, I'm a big Yusaki Jimbo fan. Some people might remember this uh, samurai rabbit from the old '80s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle show. He was a he was a character on there that crossed over periodically. Huh. Um, and actually, those comic comic books themselves cross over too. So I've, there's a couple of editions where the Ninja Turtles are there in uh, anthropomorphic Japan. Um, and it's funny because in the in the show Teenage Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles, they don't wear clothes right so they just have like the belts because they're turtles right right the belts and the little eye little masks they put on yeah but in yasagi Jimbo, it's it's just animals in japan that walk around so they wear like oh you know samurai clothes so and, it's like bojack horseman and yeah and it's <laughs> so like when the ninja turtles come up people are like why are you naked and yasagi's like ah don't be rude <laughs> What? It's great. Wait, 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 wait. So the turtles don't wear clothes in the No, well they didn't at first. I think I think they realized that there's like a difference and so they kind of got, you know, <laughs> put their clothes on or whatever, but yeah, it's great. Could showing us your shell and undershell. Right. Oh, the shell. Oh my the god. Dignity. So yeah, I read uh, I I'm through like 3 or 4 volumes of that. Um, and this, you said this has been going on for this has been like 30 years or something? Yeah, it's been been going for a long time. It's one of the longest continuously running And it's a rabbit comics. Yeah. So the story is that the artist Stan Sakai Sakai uh, Stan Sakai wanted to do a comic book based on the life of Miyamoto Musashi. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page while you read this, just just fact checking you here. Oh, so that's good. Know. I'll let yeah. you know if you screw up. All right. <laughs> yeah, so the you know, Stan the, as a kid, this guy, um, he's uh, part Japanese and grew up in Hawaii. And he was just obsessed with the culture, and he wanted to do this comic book based on Miyamoto Musashi, who was a famous samurai in in Japan and stuff. Um, and he just, as he, from what I've heard and from the interviews I've seen, he was like, "Yeah, I was just drawing it, and it didn't, I couldn't get it to to come out right, and I was never happy with the drawing." And then he was like, "Just as an exercise for fun, I thought, well, what if I had like a Ronin rabbit, and his ears were tied up in, a, in like a top knot, and..." And it really just kind of slapped with him, and he went with it and has made a career out of it. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so I read that. I've read a bunch of Batman here and there. Um, Long Halloween and, uh, specifically stands out. I've read um, No Man's Land, which is where, like, Gotham City is hit by a huge earthquake. And so the United States decides to just cut Gotham off, basically. What? Because they're because Gotham's like an island in this story, mm. and so anyway, it's like a, a lot of cool crossovers, and okay. Superman shows up to like start the power up again in like a generator, and then it highlights the difference between like Gotham City and Metropolis. And in Gotham, if you do that, people are gonna like swoop in and take it over and then sell the power. Whereas in like Metropolis, people will be like, "Of course, we should work together and make this a better place." <laughs> Uh, Except for Lex Luthor, right? Well, Whatever. you know, but he's like a corporate bad guy. Is Hostile he a bad takeover. guy? I don't even know. Um, so I've read that series in comic book form, which is pretty pretty long. Watchmen, and um, so I've actually read some off the beaten path comics too. What's um okay? Real quick, um, before we get to that. So there's another Batman graphic novel, one that's highly recommended to me that I still haven't read by my friend John from work. It's called The Killing Joke. Ooh, that's have you read that? Yeah, that that one's from like the perspective of like one of the Joker's goons or one of his henchmen or whatever. Uh, maybe. You know what? And now that I'm saying this, I think I've only seen the adapted movie they made of that. Oh, okay. And so it is really good. So that's actually really good. And from what I've read, it follows really closely. Okay. Yeah, he like that one is like I guess is really I mean, obviously the Joker has no uh, qualms about killing people. So that was that's like a grown up that's yeah. like an adult yeah. comic book. Kids, though, that's kids don't read that. Don't don't read that till uh, you know, till your parents say you can. Um Yeah. Eighteen, um, sixteen. 
you know whatever rental discretion is advised yeah yeah um so i've read some of that i i don't dabble in marvel um comics too often uh no real reason why i never have just i've read some like so i don't want to make this a list of everything that i've you know read but i'm just now that we're talking i remember that i have read a few like just like on comiXology like they'd have like free comics and so i'll be like sure i'll take that i'll take all of them because they're free like i read it was like an iron like an iron man one and um another one that i was trying to get into uh was constantine oh yeah because you know was that marvel dark horse as dark horse okay well so is that marvel i want to say it was dark horse and i think it got bought by marvel i don't know because like blade used to be Dark Horse also, and then he got bought by Marvel, and so now there's like mashups of Blade and like probably the Punisher. I don't know. I haven't actually read them, so I'm kind of Frank Castle and Vampire, right? Yeah, yeah. I, could, I don't know. That would like be pretty sweet. That's I'd read those. Um, and uh, you had given me was it called Year One? Is that what it's called? Or or uh, Batman Year One? No, no. This is um. This isn't like a, a superhero one. It's like a comic. It's like its own thing. It's like uh, it's like the end of the world kind of thing, and um, like some apocalyptic event happens, and this guy like I gave it to you. Yeah. Was it? Gosh, what was it called? It's just like a normal guy, and his like his his mom calls in. Like when you start reading it, his mom like calls him like, "Oh, you're gonna come up to Washington D.C." and you know exactly like that and uh he comes up there and then there's some like some cataclysmic event people like people get sick or they or they start going crazy and start killing other people or something and then he like gets knocked out and wakes up and he's out on the street and there's just like nobody around i think he had a pet snake too no you gave this to me. Are you sure I gave it to you? Yeah, it's not ringing any bells, but it sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, it's um, it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's, it's not a superhero thing. It's mm. like I'm gonna go home tonight and I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna send you a picture. <laughs> Do that. Um, so I started reading that. I can't. Good for me, giving you a comic book. Look at me go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. You continue with uh, what you're, t- you're talking about. Yeah. So like, you know, there's like the the kind of the big names that everybody knows: Marvel, DC, and then of course Dark Horse, um, kind of as the dark horse in that race. Um, but then there's uh, some newer comic book um, publishers that have come out called IDW or Image Comics, and Image put and they 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 just kind of not to throw too much shade at Marvel and DC, but also definitely to throw shade at them. Um, like the artists don't retain ownership of the stuff that they make. It's property of Marvel and DC, okay. which is like a publishing thing mm-hmm. basically. And nowadays we kind of look at that and go, Oh yes, standard practice. But think of it from like an artist's perspective, how terrible that would be you uh, create this thing, but it's not yours anymore. It's theirs. And anything you make, well, you work for them is not yours. It's theirs. And you know, that kind of stuff. And so these, there's some independent publishers and comic mm-hmm. book people who got together and were like, let's make our own stuff. And they did. And it's fantastic. Um, so I read a bunch of this comic called Saga, which is uh, like a space thing. It's like a space opera thing, okay. which almost makes it sound like it's Star Wars-y, but it's not at all. I've read a bunch of uh, the Manhattan Projects, which is about the Manhattan Projects, but like with a sort of uh sci-fi twist like extra sci-fi and then one of my favorites that i love some of the elements in it so much that i incorporate elements from this comic into uh like our rpg campaigns is the sixth gun which is about six guns and each gun it's like a wild west fantasy series so like periodically there's monsters and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and various magic and that sort of and and whatnot and there's these six guns that are really powerful and people who know about them are all chasing them searching for searching for them uh but yeah so those are those are really good i encourage people to like you know check out idw or image if you need something that's not like superhero-y and a little just a little different um and then recently i was uh at the comic book store up in Omaha and I picked up um, 
the comic book version of 47 Ronin. Okay. And if you think it's going to be like the Keanu Reeves movie, you are mistaken. Um, there's a lot less supernatural stuff in there. But it's illustrated by the same guy who does uh, Yusagi Ajimbo, which is how I heard about okay. it. But it's a nice little one-shot thing. And uh, it's a it's like a Japanese... I don't know how to describe it adequately. But it's very important to, to a lot of the culture. And they, they say that to know that story is to know Japan. And so that kind of intrigued me a little bit. Which one? 47 47 Ronin. Ronin. Okay. Check that out. Yeah, I mean, good. there's tons of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. So speaking of like independent comics, there's um, a place here in in Nebraska in Omaha called uh, Omug Comics. Omug. Okay. Um. And uh, my friend and and boss Jeff, he. Uh, he, you know, he's familiar with them and has worked with them. Um, he, you know, does some podcasting stuff. He does uh, Mega, uh, Make Eternia Great Again, you know, the He-Man stuff. But anyway, so he's told me about Omug, um, and there's a comic they do called um, Lenny Vernon, Badass Trucker. <laughs> so that's, you know, they've they've done some really cool stuff with that. And, um, you know, they're they're local and obviously independent. So check them out, too. Um, and I mean, you know, what you're talking about with like the company owning stuff, I mean, I think that's probably the way, you know, most of the industry is probably like with, you know, with creative type things, you know, artists, writers, uh, probably, you know, probably magazine, you know, people like yeah. writing for a magazine or doing that. I mean, I guess don't listen to me. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, I don't know how that, if the, Unless they have it in their contracts, I'm sure, you know, if they retain ownership of, of their creative works that they, things they come up with. I'm sure, like, you know, tech companies, you invent something, it you know, and the company sells it, you know, sells the technology or whatever. I'm sure that's their property, you know, not, doesn't yeah. belong to the, the people who made it. It's just, I think it's, it was some guys who, like, wanted to make their own stuff and own it. Which is understandable, I mean, because it's like, you know, you create something, it's yours, you don't, you, you want to you want to keep that with you. You don't want, you know, the company to be like, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Well, give it to us now. Cause it's ours. Right. <laughs> well, like, you know, the, I want to say Nike had like an internal design competition for their new logo, you know, way long time ago. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how they got the swoosh. And it was just some lady who submitted it. And they were like, yeah, the winner gets $500 or whatever. And people have asked her later and been like, yeah, don't, do you think you should get more money because of that or see profit? And she was like, no, I knew what I was doing. You know, I I worked for a company and they said design a new logo for us and we'll give you this bonus. Not so she was an employee of Nike. Yeah, that's my understanding. I could be wrong about that, but that's my understanding. But you know, that's a little different when you're employed by a company to do a thing. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's you know, it obviously it you know if you're you're employed to to help design a fighter jet. I mean that that does that you know that like. It's just, it feels like the same kind of thing, and it make you know that, but that seems to like make in your head like makes more sense. Like, well, yeah, I'm like, what the heck are they going to do with a design for a fighter plane? Become a, become a villain or something in a comic book? Right. <laughs> um, but you know, with artistic stuff, you know that does. I think that. Well, people, you could argue that designing the plane is also artistic. Um, Absolutely, you know, and, and it certainly, it's, you know, there's artistic elements and yeah. you know design things and that they make it look cool, but it's also obviously functional. Um, it's a matter of perspective and it's kind of just a matter of what you want. Sure. You know, like, um, one of my favorite authors is, uh, he basically funds his books on Kickstarter because Mm. he wants to be able to distribute his, the eBooks of his works at his discretion. Okay. So like when you buy a book directly from his like site store, he'll comp you the eBook most of the time. So, like, he's like, all right, yeah, you paid with a credit card and your email receipt, and he's like, here's an EPUB copy of the book. Oh, so you buy the physical copy, and he also gives you an EPUB? Yeah, or he wants to be able to, like, uh, he's typically a fantasy author, and he wrote a sci-fi-ish book, and he wanted to give out the first, like, two or three chapters of the book. Um, Well, if you went with a mainstream publisher, they wouldn't let you do that. Mm. Because, you know it's their property when you sign over with them. And so he found like a really small publisher who would produce the book for him and he fundraised for it on Kickstarter and that sort of thing. And 
he just he was like nah I want to be able to have the freedom to do things that I want to do and not have to worry constantly that I'm going to get in trouble with my contracts or anything and sure and that's that's the ideal situation for everybody it's like I want to be able to do my own thing set my own rules and and that's what uh Im- image or I think image comics you when you buy comics digital comics from their website uh they send you like DRM free files sweet yeah, and their their philosophy and somebody else's, a couple of authors that I like, um, they're like, you know, piracy only hurts bad meat material. Like, when you start appreciating what you're reading, you want to buy more of it, and you'll do that. Mm-hmm. And if you share the comic book with somebody and they get hooked on it, great. That means our readership just went up. That means our potential for profits just went up. And, sure. You know, it's, it yeah. seems to have worked well. There's, like, a, a TV show now based on... Uh, Invincible, which was a uh, one of those independent comic book things, and it's going very well, it seems. So that's not the M Night Shyamalan movie. That's I was Unbreakable. It's not Invincible. Yes. Okay, whatever. Invincible is so, an animated thing. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so I was way off on that. So going back to that comic, I was trying to tell, trying to, to figure out what it was. Figure out. Way off. It's called Why the Last Man. That wasn't for me. That wasn't from you? I didn't give that to you. Are you sure? I'm 100% I swear certain. you gave that to no. me. Hmm. Anyway. But I th- I've heard of because I haven't read any of that. I've heard about it, and it's like about, it's like, like about the last man on Earth, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's like, he's literally the last man <laughs> on Earth. Um, yeah, I thought he had a pet snake. It's a monkey. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. Anyway. So, so he's anyway. Ross Geller. Friends, Mar- what was Marcel? the name of the monkey? Marcel, Marcel maybe? yeah, <laughs> it's a capuchin monkey. Is that the same monkey? Uh, yeah, 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 probably. Um, anyway, so I had started reading a little bit of that and it was it was pretty cool, but then you know, as I tend to do, I you know, slacked off. And I feel like there's a ton of ish, uh, uh, like um additions for that too. Like, there's it's a it's a very long running comic book series, reasonably, um, it's monthly. Issues one through fifty-five by monthly issues fifty-six to sixty. Oh, seems like it's so. It's been going for quite a while. Yeah. Um. So I should probably finish that one of these days. Anything else about comic books? I you know, I think comic books are a valid uh, form of media, and I kind of I like how they've gotten more respect in mm-hmm. the last. Um, you know, five to ten years with all the resurgence of comic book movies and people going back to the source Definitely. And, and that sort of yeah. thing. But, you know, it's just like just like I was saying with the movies, like don't take them too seriously. I mean, there's sometimes yeah. heavy topics covered in them, but. Yeah, I think, you know, they're not afraid to approach, um, you know, uh, timely, you know, insensitive, uh, important topics in, in some of their issues. So one comic that I highly recommend you check out I totally forgot about it until we were talking about like heavy issues. There's one that I read a couple years ago called Mouse, M A U S, mm. and okay. it's um the like the the artist some of the artist's story is like in it, and he talks about how he um his dad was a survivor of like a Nazi concentration camp, oh, um and like he, he had like a really rocky relationship with his dad and you know, all this kind of baggage stuff that gets put in there mm-hmm. um, that he talked, he talks about and outlines it very well, but much better than I'm giving him credit for. Um, but there comes a point where he's like, I realize that I don't understand my dad because I don't understand what he went through. And so he started having him tell him his story mm-hmm. and he wanted to put it down and illustrate it and stuff, but he just couldn't, it's too, he was like, it's too much. It's too graphic. And he didn't want to do that kind of comic book. Um, and so he wrote it uh, so that all of the Jews are mice. Okay. And all of the Nazis are cats. And all of the Poles, I want to say, are pigs, maybe? Anyway, it's really, really well well made. Like, the power dynamic of, like, cat and mouse versus, like, the Nazis and the Jews mm-hmm. really goes very well with the stories. And it doesn't feel disrespectful like something could easily sure you know, this isn't like a mickey mouse version of it it's still pretty serious people a, get shot and get killed it's and, not a light uh yeah. just cheese ball yeah. version. and even though it's a cart you know it's a comic book it's a 
you know cartoon on paper if you will mm-hmm. it's still it's not like a saturday morning slapstick cartoon it's still very the the materials treated very well but it's also mm, i don't want to say tame enough but restrained enough that people who are really sensitive to kind of more extreme materials could still read it and not be put off by it okay interesting but yeah it's really good there's two I'll volumes to check that out and it's it's great yeah um yeah i definitely want to check that out Going back to what you said about, um, you know, comics are a valid form of media, you know, uh, not just like stuff that, uh, you know, idle kids and teenagers waste, you know, waste their time on and it has no, you know, no more importance than just wasting time or passing time. Um, And I think I'm coming more to appreciate kind of that viewpoint about it just in the just in what little I've read. it's and not not that I I necessarily had that or had this like you know misconception or this preconceived notion about comics like oh they're just it's just silly like you said cartoons on paper um, you know it's still like reading it initially I'm just like kind of kind of having to like get my mind around that where even yes it is animated you know it is a comic which you know this the stereotype about it that it's just this pulpy you know, nonsense. It's just kind of getting into that mindset was, uh, was interesting. Just kind of being able to read it like I'm reading a book yeah. or, or, you know, I, I guess give it the same respect, I guess, you know, yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm rambling and I'm, you know, I'm not making a lot of sense here, but, um, it's a valid form of literature. Yes. Where you can... That's, that's a perfect, that's a perfect thing for it. It's valid form of literature. And, um, and it, it it slides from just ridiculous kind of slapsticky Garfield and Snoopy all hmm, the way right. to you know superhero stuff to paranormal. just like anything just like uh, forty seven Ronin television shows mouse. yeah movies I mean it's all they all have that same even books like you know yeah just text you know they have the same it's all it's all stories I mean you're telling stories and mm-hmm. um you know again I'm saying I'm saying this poorly and rambling but I mean there's no there's no reason to to give comics any less respect than you give to an, an attention than you than you'd give to, you know, a movie or a TV show or an actual book. I mean, you know, it's you can gain, like you said, there's some that are just corny and slapstick and just for fun, and others, you know, can be more serious. Like like Mouse, yeah. um, you could learn something from it. You could get a perspective that you didn't have before. Comics are cool. Just like anything else, check them out. Yeah, I don't know if you heard of these comics. Uh, check them out. Thank you so much for listening. You can find The Open Eclectic on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and MySpace. Want us to ramble on about something specific or have a comment on what you just heard? Send us an email at theopeneclectic at gmail.com. We now have a Ko-Fi if you feel like supporting the show. That's ko-fi.com slash theopeneclectic. Or support the show by leaving us a review. Thanks. We hope you'll join us again next time on The Open Eclectic.